Good morning, everyone. Those who, uh, who don't recognize me, I'm Father Rene Pellissi. I'm a, a Navy chaplain coming in for a retreat, and I'm kind of subbing in for Father Declan, and I'm really, really happy to be here. So happy that I decided to actually start the Gloria uh, for this Advent Mass. But, uh, you know, thankfully the sisters, the sisters stopped me uh, with their prudent silence. So I appreciate that, sisters. Uh, ever since I was a kid, the thing that I've probably hated the most about life probably really all of life, is waiting. I hated waiting. I still hate waiting. In fact, if you go to the Navy, you're in the Navy, I'm in, in the Navy, don't join the Navy, I'm not necessarily, this is not a pitch, but, but, but if, you, if you ever are in the Navy, heaven forbid, and you decide to go to chow, which is our Navy slang for lunch, you're probably going to wait about 45 minutes in a line. You want to go to the store on an aircraft carrier, you're probably going to wait another 45 minutes to go to the store. If you want a haircut, you're going to have to wait a few hours. Waiting is just kind of a thing that is so perpetual in the Navy, but it's quite common in life in general. In fact, I remember as a kid, the most dreaded place in the world for me wasn't necessarily timeout, wasn't necessarily you know, any of the, the punishments I got as a kid, of which I've got, I got many. Uh, but the most dreaded place for me was the doctor's waiting room, sitting there for hours on end, just waiting and waiting and waiting. And yet the longer I'm kind of around, the more I'm starting to realize that there's great wisdom in this whole prospect, this difficulty, this pain of waiting. Because it's when we wait, it's when we prepare. It's when we wait, then we're, we make ourselves ready. It's, ready. it's in, whenever we, we wait, we become open to the opportunities at hand. In fact, the times that I got the most in trouble in my life, especially in my naval career, was whenever I failed to wait, was whenever I failed to be patient and decided to go and quit waiting and go do something else and occupy my time in another area. To me, that seems to be the message of the gospel today. It seems like fire and brimstone, and it is. But if we look at the context of the gospel, it's actually a context of waiting. It's a context of silent, quiet waiting. Here we have the figure of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a fascinating character in all of biblical history. One of the things that's interesting about John the Baptist is that John the Baptist is known, being that he's one of the first figures of the Old Testament, he's actually known as the last Old Testament prophet. And why do we say this? We say this because John the Baptist is actually a reoccurrence of a figure known as Elijah. Elijah was this, this kind of prophetic figure that kind of emerged out of the middle of nowhere, in the wilderness, in the desert, wearing something interesting. Camel's hair and a leather belt. And what was Elijah done? Elijah was fed by God. In the same way John the Baptist was fed by God, in the same way John the Baptist wore camel's hair and a leather belt. But the thing about John the Baptist and Elijah is that the, the time difference between the two is absolutely staggering. And the reason why Elijah is so important is that Elijah never actually died. Elijah, if we remember from the Bible, was taken up into heaven on a, on a fiery chariot and brought up into the sky. And from then on, the prophecies all throughout the scriptures say and emphasize that Elijah will come again. 
In fact, the last prophecy in all of Scripture was written by the prophet Malachi. He was the final book in the 12 minor prophets, and the, and the, the prophet Malachi was estimated to have written in around 400 B.C., about 430 years prior to John the Baptist's fire and brimstone prophecy. And the last line of the prophet Malachi is significant. Here's what Malachi says. Behold, I send you Elijah, the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of their fathers to their children and their children's hearts to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a curse. Lest I come and strike the land with a curse. What does that mean? It means that for 430 years, the Jewish people were waiting. Waiting for that awesome day. Waiting for Elijah. Waiting for the day in which the Lord will strike the land with a curse. And here we have it. We have, we have the prophet Elijah come again in likeness in the form of John the Baptist, screaming, inhaling fire and brimstone, letting the world know that the Son of Man is coming, and he's coming with pain, he's coming with terror, and you better be on the right side of him, otherwise you will be wiped out and thrown into an unquenchable fire. That's what John the Baptist says. That's the message that John the Baptist sends to his people. And then what happens? Something shocking. Jesus emerges on the scene. Jesus, of whom John the Baptist is not even worthy to hold his sandals. Jesus comes in, and Jesus looks at this prophet, and he says, baptize me. Shocking John the Baptist. He does it. And then what does Jesus go out and do? He heals the sick, cures the blind, makes the deaf hear, and raises the dead. Hardly an image of somebody here to cast fire upon the earth. What ends up happening to John the Baptist? He speaks the truth, he's thrown in jail, and he is left wondering why. Why is this happening to me? In fact, we see this in Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 to 3, where John the Baptist is in prison, looking like a fool after proclaiming the coming of Christ, who would wipe the face of the earth with fire, looking like a fool, and ultimately he's there in prison, and what does he do in his doubt and his discouragement? He sends his messengers out and he says, Are you the one of whom it is prophesied. Are you actually the Christ? Or should we look for somebody else? In other words, John the Baptist, who had spent 25 years in the desert, waiting for the coming of Christ, had to wait some more. He had to wait for that, for that judgment day. He had to wait for the winnowing fan to come and separate the wheat from the chaff. He had to wait for the day 
of the Lord. The prophecy, if you will, of Malachi. And what does Jesus say? He reminds John the Baptist that he's here to heal before he is here to judge. He's here to heal before he is here to judge. And Jesus, in all of his mercy, does not hold that against John the Baptist. In fact, just in that same passage, in verses 11 to 13, Jesus says that there is no greater man of whom born of woman than John the Baptist, and that John the Baptist is Elijah. My dear friends, Judgment Day did come. There was a winnowing fan. There was a separation of wheat from the chaff. But Jesus did not bring about bring it about on his earthly life. It happened in the year 70 AD. Whenever Jerusalem was destroyed, the Christians were set out in the, in the region of Pella, and the Jewish people, who refused to accept Christ, were destroyed in the fire started by the Roman army within that very city, leveling it to the ground, destroying every last one of its inhabitants. My friends, what is all this to say? It means that you and I are called to wait. We are called to wait. The Jewish people waited for 430 years. John the Baptist waited his whole life. And the apostles and the disciples of Jesus Christ had to wait before the coming of the judgment day. And you and I, this Advent season, are yet again summoned to wait. Wait for the day of our death. Wait for the day of judgment. Wait for what is to come. And my friends, this can be a very difficult thing. Waiting isn't easy. In fact, as I said earlier, waiting might be one of the hardest things you and I do. We want to stay occupied. We want to stay busy. We want to be doing something. We want to be productive. We don't want to just be standing around. My friends, whenever the day of the Lord comes, whenever death comes, whenever you and I meet him face to face, there will be nothing greater that we did than wait for him.